This podcast is supported by Comcast Business. You're in tech in 2024. Of course you're busy. Whether it's staying on top of potential cyber threats or keeping up with what's trending in tech, you need to know your network is covered. You need a partner you can rely on. You need one provider with fully integrated network and security solutions. You need Comcast Business for managed services and tailored solutions that are built to keep your business going. Powering the CIOs that make it happen. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. This is Sway. I'm Kara Swisher, and I'm recording on Wednesday evening in the middle of a coup attempt in our nation's capital. As of right now, Washington is on lockdown, with senators and members of the House sheltering in place after a mob incited by President Trump stormed Congress. The attack shocked the nation. But if you're a far-right Trump supporter, if you think the election was stolen, then you may have been planning for this day. And you may have been planning for it on social media. Three decades ago and 30 miles away, I started covering the nascent internet. I was at the headquarters of a company interviewing a group of quilters who had met online and made a quilt together without ever meeting in person. It was sweet and hopeful, which is how it was back then in tech. The company was America Online. Well, America is online now, and it's been a downward slide into what can only be called a toxic swamp of hate, conspiracy theories, and anger, all presided over by the troller-in-chief, Donald Trump. Today, he egged on the crowd of his MAGA fans to march over to the Capitol, and Trump continued to add fuel to the fire via Twitter, just as his successor, Joe Biden, was in the process of being certified as president. I wish I could say I was surprised. On my other podcast yesterday, I said that I expected violence at the Capitol after I spent time on a variety of social media sites where you could see it coming. In my first column for The New York Times, I wrote about all these tech-fueled communications tools and their dangers. I said, quote, they had become the digital arms dealers of the modern age. They have mutated human communications so that connecting people has too often become about pitting them against one another and turbocharged that discord into an unprecedented and damaging volume. They have weaponized social media. They have weaponized the First Amendment. They have weaponized civil discourse. And they have weaponized, most of all, politics. When I wrote that column in 2018, a new social media site was just launching. It was called Parlay. Now it's called Parler. Parler has since become the darling of the far right. Ted Cruz is active on it. He says Parler, quote, gets what free speech is all about. The site is nowhere near as big or powerful as Twitter or Facebook, but it's a platform of choice for some people who, frankly, scare me. Parler's CEO is a guy named John Mates. I've been wanting to have him on the show, and as I watched the insurrection unfold on TV, I thought, now's the time. We spoke for a while about the dangerous power he's unleashing. By the way, minutes after we hung up, Twitter locked Trump's feed temporarily and threatened to take more drastic action if he continued to violate its rules. That's something Mates suggested Parler would not do. Here's our conversation about that and more. So there is an effective coup attempt happening in our nation's capital to stop a vote that was occurring there. It moved all the legislators out of the Capitol. Are you surprised at all by what's happening? Well, I don't know how what I would describe it as. 
I guess I'm kind of surprised because it's surreal, if that makes sense. Sure is. But I'm also not surprised because, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of a lot of these people, they feel like an election was stolen once, and then they feel like an election was stolen again uh, yesterday. And so they are left thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? So they hear this rhetoric. They don't, they don't believe. They don't trust the results. They feel like they've been fed a lot of propaganda. They feel like they can't trust the media. Well, they certainly have, but go ahead. Well, I, I believe that almost everybody is, but you know, you have to be able to judge that for yourself and make your own decisions, weigh the pros and cons. But that being said, you know, a lot of these people feel like they can't trust anything, but they do genuinely believe that their election was stolen. So if you put yourself in their shoes, I'm not exactly surprised they're doing this. All right, John, if you feel like you're in a restaurant, you don't get good service, do you feel like you can break the windows and, and invade people's homes? I'm just curious. That this just doesn't no, seem to I be— No, I go home. Yes, In fact, exactly. I don't even like going to restaurants. All right. I like uh, staying home. <laughs> okay, but let me ask you a question. This is not this—first of all, feelings aren't facts. And I want to know if you were watching it on, on Parlay, which is a site you run, which you were the CEO of, have you been seeing this organizational stuff? Well, you know, I don't necessarily monitor a lot of this stuff. I mean, I participate and watch Parler just as anybody else does. You know, if people are breaking the law, violating our terms of service or doing anything illegal, we would definitely get involved. But, you know, if people are just trying to assemble or they're trying to, you know, put together an event, which is what a lot of people tried to do with this event today, uh, there's nothing particularly wrong about that. Now, I had noticed a long time ago that there were some accounts trying to get people off to private telegram groups and things of that nature where a parlor couldn't witness what's going on or it wouldn't be public. But, um, you know, for the most part, I haven't seen a whole lot of illegal activity. And if it was, it would have been taken down. We've had multiple doxing attempts that have resulted in some of the people organizing these movements have actually been had their accounts taken down due to doxing. But um, organizing an event isn't illegal. Understandably. Uh, organizing a peaceful protest is also perfectly fine. A lot of this stuff I saw in Parlay was actually organizing, bringing guns into the district, which is illegal, as you know, carrying guns, organizing exactly what's happened on the Capitol. The, how did you deal with that? Well, the way we work on our platform is we put everything to a community jury. So everyone's judged by a jury of their peers and determining whether the action is illegal or against our rules. And so if reported, it goes to a jury of people's peers and uh, if it's deemed illegal, promptly deleted by, you know, the jury of five people get to decide. And it's a random jury. So they don't know who each other. They don't know what they're voting. They just get the independent facts of the situation and they make their own judgment call. And we've actually been inviting journalists and other people to join the jury as well so that we have a nice, transparent jury system. All right. But I, what I'm asking specifically, there were specific postings and quite a few of them, and I we have dozens of them to look at, um, which is talking about doing just what they did today on the Capitol. Were these adjudicated, if if that's the right word? And and if they, if they passed muster, is that a particularly good jury if these are illegal activities, what's happening right now in the Capitol? Well, for violence and advocation of violence, it needs or violence specifically, it needs to be a clear and imminent threat. Uh, and I don't know, you know, if I've, I've been witnessing what happened today a little bit, but I'm not, you know, really too much in the weeds on this stuff. You know, I haven't seen a whole lot of illegal activity. Maybe there has been some, but it's a minority of the cases. 
Well, I do believe having been to the Capitol dozens of times that if you do anything out of the, like go not go through their metal detectors, you don't follow their rules, you break windows, you run through the other people's offices, you take pictures of their offices, you sit in their seats. I believe that's all illegal. Yes, but you know, I, I do want to push back a little bit on this here because if you go back six months ago, you had a lot of the media putting out full stop, including the New York Times, saying in defense of looting, where they came out and said, you know, it's acceptable to loot and looting and, you know, all this stuff needs to be, there was even a book written and promoted. But it was during the time when there was a lot of people on the left looting and angry. The New York now, Times not, was not promoting, I'm going to push back on you. The New York Times was absolutely not promoting looting. That is untrue. Well, my, my You can uh, say it. I mean, here. this is like, this is, you can say it. It's untrue. It's 100% true. It's not true. Well, I, I don't know the specifics of the no, New York Times. No, don't do the, I don't know the specifics. You don't know the specifics. It's un, I'm telling you, it's untrue. And if you, unless you have a specific, you can't make that allegation. I'm talking about the activities today, and I do want to understand what was happening on your platform. And again, it was happening on Twitter and other places. But do you feel any responsibility if people were organizing to, to uh, uh, protests are very different. And you're absolutely right. Everyone, you know, gets to run around with whatever flag they want to fly and whatever coat they want to wear and whatever chant they want to have. But going into the Capitol building to do this, if it was organized on your site, what should happen on your site? Look, if, if it was illegally organized and against the law and what they were doing, they would have gotten it taken down. But I don't feel responsible for any of this, and neither should the platform, considering we're a neutral town square that just adheres to the law. So if people are organizing something, that's more of a problem of people are upset, they feel disenfranchised, they need their leaders to stop provoking this partisan hate. They need to come together and have a discussion on a place like Parliament. So I want to finish this with specifically, there were... A lot of examples of people calling for what they did today. Do you believe what happened within the Capitol today, if you were the judge and jury, uh, as you do on Parlay, is this, would this be the thing you would think is legal? Not that they feel bad, and I think I'll break something. Do you think this was legal, what happened to the people that moved into the Capitol and trespassed? I mean, it's obviously illegal, right? What their actions that they took, Yes. And if they were organizing on your platform, do you think it should have been taken down in parlay? It sounds like you do not think that. If they were organizing specifically saying tomorrow we're going to go out and we're going to bust this window. Hey, by the way, guys, there's a uh, an area we can climb up in and break into that window. You know, if that is what they were doing, yeah, of course that would get taken down. But that's not what people were doing. They were saying, let's peacefully protest for the president. That's what a lot of people were saying, not just mm -hmm. on Parler, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Certainly. every major social network, and including ones that we will have no ability to police. Now, you have to take into consideration that everything on Parler, Twitter, Facebook, all these places are very public. But what happens when people use direct messaging apps that are two-way encrypted, that even the service providers don't know what these groups are talking about? How do you address those situations? And you can't do it using authoritarian measures. You must do it using the media, the politicians, the leaders. They have to come out and have a discussion with the people and show that they care, that they want to discuss these things. And that is why I think Parler provides those platforms to do that, because people can come out and transparently say what they believe, and they can be transparently addressed by those in charge. However, there is a large movement of people who want to push for authoritarian measures and censorship, and it just puts gas right on the fire. And we need people to come so out. So your, your point being is examples. that they get driven underground if they don't have a, a wide open space, public space to do this in. 
Yeah, I think so. Do you disagree? Uh, sometimes, sometimes not. Uh, it, it depends. I think if people are actually calling for civil war on your platform or, or or pushing, you know, egregious lies that lead to violence, down it goes. It's very, you know, and I know I think you should be responsible for it, not some jury. I just, it, I think you have some responsibility for. Well, what's how on your how would you do it then? Would you would you put together an authoritarian task force? I think force, it's or? super. Well, if you want to use the word authoritarian, I mean, everybody has rules. Restaurants have rules. Uh, retail places have rules. Uh, everywhere you go in life has different rules that you adhere to or you don't, or you don't do it, and then you suffer the consequences. I I think that you have a few options, right? One is you can be proactively monitoring and spying on people and surveilling them, which is what some platforms have decided to do to some extent, although most surveillance is limited into capturing data about people in order to sell products and manipulate them. But nobody has yet really done the surveillance thing, as far as I'm aware, in order to stifle speech. They have gotten into it a little bit, but, um, you know, what? it's a difficult question. You have 12 million, 13 million people on Parler, for example, and you can't watch what all of them are doing. And I don't think it's our obligation to, right? Society needs to work together in a democracy to get through things like this. Um, let's talk about, so what? how do you want to monitor your site? Not at all. Let people say civil war. Let people say, you think that's great. You think that's not great. What do you think when people are saying, it's time for civil war, I'm bringing my guns to Washington, you think you just let them say that? Well, if it was up to me, we wouldn't be in this situation where I two sides it, hate here, each and other And here we find much. ourselves. Whether so. or not it's Parler, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's Google, it's Telegram, WhatsApp, whatever it might be, you can't stop people and change their opinions by force, by censoring them. They'll just go somewhere else and do it. So as long as it is legal, it's allowed. We'll be back in a minute. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com starts. I use the New York Times Games app every single day. I love playing Connections. With Connections, I need to twist my brain to see the different categories. I think I know this connection. Look, Bath is a city in England, Sandwich is a city in England, Reading is a city in England, and I'm going to guess Derby is a city in England. I started Wordle 194 days ago, and I haven't missed a day. The New York Times Games app has all the games right there. I absolutely love Spelling Bee. I always have to get genius. I've seen you yell at it and say, that (laughs) should be a word. Totally should be a word. Sudoku is kind of my version of lifting heavy weights at the gym. At this point, I'm probably more consistent with doing the crossword than brushing my teeth. When I can finish a hard puzzle without pins, I feel like the smartest person in the world. When I have to look up a clue to help me, I'm learning something new. It gives me joy every single day. Start playing in the New York Times Games app. You can download it at nytimes.com slash games app. So um, when did you become aware of the events at the Capitol? I mean, I I saw it early around, I guess, my time would be 10, 11 a.m. my time. uh, So a few hours ago. 
Um, I was alerted when, because I was on conference calls all morning. And so by the time I found out about this, it was due to traffic spike. And I was like, what do you mean traffic spike? It's a random Wednesday. What are you talking about? But you had a server outage earlier today. What happened? Was it because of the slam of people trying to use it or what? Well, I mean, we're in the middle of an upgrade, so it's not an ideal time. We're trying to optimize a few things. And so then you get, you know, a influx of millions of people, you know, 3 million people by 2 o'clock, you know, Eastern today. And what were they doing? What what were they doing? Was they, Were they talking about going into the Capitol or were they talking about protesting? No, most people were watching it. No, most people were trying to understand what was it happening, right? They were like, where are the videos? What's going on? You know, what are people doing? Um you know, it's interesting. The reaction is half of the people were actually, you know, that I was following. So I follow a diverse set of people. I follow some very hardcore progressives, some conservatives, some a lot of libertarians, and some people who are apolitical. A lot of the reactions that I saw at first have been, you know, condoning what's going on. And then some people paranoid saying, oh, this isn't really Trump supporters. It's a bunch of, you know, this is organized by, you know, some conspiracy theories, right? So, which I think are completely ludicrous because- Yeah, that uh, was Trump supporters. You know, I think, I think people, I think people have been stoking themselves up for something like this. So there was, a, so, so when you think about uh, these conspiracy theories, you think you should just let them fly and let this autonomous jury or let the discussion just have out? Yeah, I mean, it's not against the law to have a conspiracy theory. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, if they have a conspiracy theory, people should call them out for it. And people should build their own reputations as being a reliable source rather than us trying to become the reliable source. And so that's a huge differentiator between Parler and Twitter and Facebook is they they want to be the authoritative, you know, reliable source of information. Well, let's work through your guidelines then. What are your community guidelines exactly? Well, we have uh, we have a few major rules, but let's go over the most violated or the mm-hmm. most kind of touched upon. Yes. All right. Let's talk about that. The one that we have absolutely no tolerance for under any circumstances is doxing, personal information like home addresses, phone numbers. Uh, unless it's like a like call your congressman kind of thing, right? You can put their phone number there, but uh, or send them a letter to their so PO no box. Home but like, addresses also a problem on all the other platforms too. Yes, but that we don't even warn people. That just gets taken down immediately because that's an imminent threat. Like you can't, you know, that what are you doing? You're posting someone's home address, so what? You can mail them cookies? No, they want us. They want to hurt them. So that's one doxing um, or personal information. Yes. And then illegal activity, of course, will get taken down as long as it's, you know, illegal. And so the difference is, uh, you know, if someone says something, you know, mean or violent, it's not necessarily illegal. It has to cross that threshold. You said a majority of the activity today was observational, but not all of it. Um, Can you acknowledge that people today do use Parler to go organize and plan to go to the Capitol? I don't think it's really good for for planning events, to be honest. The way the format's set up, it's more for announcements like, hey, we have an event. The planning is mostly done on things like Facebook groups or, you know, like a Telegram or a WhatsApp would probably be better for planning. Mm-hmm. But are they using it to planning? Do you think they use it for organization? I'm sure some people do. Okay. Can you acknowledge um, that people on the Capitol right now are, in fact, violating the law? They're carrying guns, breaking windows. Are, are they threatening law and order from your perspective? I'm sure some are. Okay. I haven't actually seen any videos of anybody protesting that had guns. I saw a protester that got shot, um, but I didn't actually see the protesters doing any shooting. I haven't seen any videos like that yet. Yeah, a woman has now uh, died. Yes, she was a protester, I believe, though. She was shot by the, uh, I think it was, the. I, I don't know who she was shot by, though. I didn't actually see that. How long does it take uh, between a message threatening violence and sedition, for example, or anything else, 
How, do, how long does it take to flag to you as a CEO that gets to you? Do these things get to you? Because they do get to Jack Dorsey a lot of the more problematic Sometimes ones. they do. Uh, it just depends on how nasty, how violent, and whether or not the authorities were, you know, needed to get involved. And uh, it just depends on a lot of factors and how many people it reached. You know, if you come out and you say something incredibly nasty and violent, but you get no votes and no impressions, the likelihood of being on the platform longer is higher because we aren't surveilling people or figuring it out on their own. Or you don't have any algorithmic catching of words and things like that. Like, I'm going to kill blank kind of thing. No. The only algorithm that we have for catching words is for pornography and nudity and things like that. But it takes 48 hours because of the fully automated jury process. Is that correct? Um, It can. I mean, it depends on how inundated the jury is and how many jurors are active. You know, most days it takes less than five minutes, but some days like today, it'll probably take 24 hours. Is that that's a long time on the Internet? Is that long enough for violence? Does that policy work? Do you see it scaling as you get larger? Um, It has scaled well so far. It's scaled a lot better than trying to hire out teams. Because if you imagine, if we have to hire people, they've got to go through a period of interviews and background checks and building up a whole team. And and I mean, Facebook, I I don't know how many people they have, but I do know that I've heard numbers as high as 20,000 people doing the moderation. And so scaling out teams like that uh, it's very time-consuming and difficult and expensive. Well, yes, you know, but you could anticipate you might need them. These self-appointed juries, they're judging millions of people. Yes. There's, uh, there's, that, there's, I don't know how many people at this point are a part of the jury. Um, I have asked to grow the jury over 2,000 people. I don't know how far along we are on getting it to that size, but it's pretty substantial. Do you know how many flags today? Do you have any idea of how many flags today? Mm-mm. I'd have to ask the database engineer. They spend a lot of time picking juries, so they are somewhat neutral, although it's almost impossible to do it. How do you do that if most of the people on your uh, on your site are of the same political bent, which is more conservative? Well, we have a lot of jury training, um, and jurors are, you know, picked by their tenure. And there's very specific things that they, you know, buttons that they have to select to categorize the violation. You know, that being said, we also have internal metrics. So if somebody is marking more things or less things as a violation compared to the norm or they're outliers, uh, then they get kicked from the jury pool. So what would be illegal? So saying we're, let's let's raid the Capitol would not be illegal it, They're just because just they're saying it. Well, it's, it's hard to get into the specifics, but I mean, I can give you an example, I guess, if you said, uh, you know, I know where you live, I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to hurt you, right? That is a... Uh, that's a clear and imminent threat because you clearly know where that person lives. You're going to their house. You're going to hurt them. You know, so that is that is a, an example. But I don't generally like to get into specifics because it can get really touchy. Right. So, but but community guidelines around harmful and violent speech that you would consider harmful and violent speech. Yes. Yeah. I mean, anything that presents a clear and imminent threat that would be uh, violent. And how do you c- compare it to what's happening? I'm going to use Twitter as the example because I think a lot of people do don't focus on you as a Facebook killer, as a, more as a Twitter, Twitter rival, essentially. How do you consider what they're doing with the labeling of President Trump? I think it's inappropriate. Um, I do. And I think it undermines a lot of what they're trying to do. And so, you know, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the people who are following President Trump. And so if you put yourself in their shoes, which, by the way, I am not a conservative and I'm not a Trump, you know, voter— Um, In fact, I didn't even vote in the last election. I just didn't want to bring myself to doing it. But, um, uh, you know, I I just, I can't do it. I didn't want to participate in all this. Because? Well, one, I I think I actually am pretty neutral on a lot of this stuff. 
And two, um, it's just it just feels like a mess. I don't really want to participate in this mess. In a it's mess. not. Yeah. Gosh, I, it feels like a privilege to me. Well, I, I I don't know. This this whole year has been a mess. I mean, a lot of people fighting one side, fighting the, each other, and it's like you know, I'll call out the people on either side, and and frankly, I think I'm I I don't know that it's my place to weigh in, and so by, by being neutral and actually kind of living a little bit more neutral, I think it it's all right. Uh, let me make someone a little telling. easier. At what happened to Alex Jones on the on the platforms? He was he was active for a long time until Apple moved, and then the rest of them moved rather quickly afterwards. How do you how do you look at someone like an Alex Jones and what happened with Twitter, Apple, Facebook and others? Well, I think it's a little bit wrong that or not just a little bit. It's extremely wrong that everybody just purged him all at the same time. If he says something crazy, I mean, he says a lot of crazy stuff all the time. That's a great time to reinforce for somebody who's trusted, you know, with the mainstream and elsewhere to reinforce. Hey, this guy's crazy. These ideas are crazy. Look at what he just said, right? That's a great opportunity. But purging him, you know, the people who follow him, A, they they want more, right? They get more devout, in my opinion. Um, and furthermore, uh, it's wrong. It's like a collective digital kind of purging of him and his existence and his ideas. It's, it's really, it's authoritarian and it's wrong that everybody, once one person bans them, everybody bans them. It's horrible. It sets a horrible precedence. So you you would have left him up. You're not of the of the school that thinks that as he gets to say more, he converts more people. The the lies he tells uh, get worse, um, and that pe- that more people start to believe his conspiracy theories. Well, why should I weigh in as an authoritative source, as an authority figure? Right? What if what if I, as a person, you know, was against a certain group, uh, whether race, religion, or whatever it was, and we aimed our platform, and not just me, let's say Mark Zuckerberg, let's say Jack Dorsey, any of the other uh, tech companies. What if any of us said, you know, we don't like this particular religion or race or group, and then targeted them and took them off the internet? How horrible would that be? So tell me, when you talk about people taking things down off of things like Facebook uh, or or Twitter labeling things, a lot of a lot of people say that's a free speech violation. In fact, they are private companies and they can do whatever they want. Is that do you think it's okay that they do that? Because at, at, do you think it's they, they should be allowed to do that given these are private companies and not public squares? Well, it's a little bit of a sticky situation, right? Because because you can't violate the company's right to free speech. They don't have to do business with everybody. You know, you can't force somebody to work for somebody else. But at the same time, you know, we are in a country that likes free speech. So, um, you know, you are limited on what you can say online. A lot of people go there thinking that it's an open place, a town forum. They think that they're private or at least that their their information is not being stored and sold and all of this. Uh, But they're also wrong. And so what we wanted to do is be a community town square for free speech. As long as it's legal, they can go ahead and talk about it online. And that's how we've marketed ourselves. That's how we've behaved. That's how we are. All right. Now, you say you're neutral, but your members are are primarily conservative at this moment. And you you do want to make it bigger. You've talked I've seen lots of interviews. You talked about it. But your co-founder is Rebecca Mercer, a major Republican Party donor, very early uh, Trump backer. Um, are you actually neutral? Are you seen right now as a right wing publisher? All the people affiliated with you are more on the right. Um, how do you change that? And tell me about the ownership structure. Well, today, everybody, a lot of people on the platform are on the right. And we have appealed to people on the right because they are, you know, primarily the victims of online censorship right now, the way I see it. You know, there's no actual evidence of that happening, just them saying it. 
there's also no actual evidence of it not happening either. Oh my God, you know? come on. <laughs> Neither that's, that's Loch Ness Monster. You talk. can't say that though. You I, can't say I, that. I would like to see evidence of it, just like I'd like to see more evidence of, of widespread election fraud, which of course you don't see in courts of, I, I, courts of already. Well, the, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to get into the election thing, but okay. you know, yeah. You know, let's put it this way. People feel that they are being censored that online is, again, and they can't get their voice That is, feelings are not facts, out. but okay. Well, all right, all right, all right. People, they're over there. They've moved over there. They're, they're, they're well, hurt by something that Twitter's done, although they certainly can't resist it on many levels. In, in capitalism, we vote with our dollars, okay? So, and in, in, in online and on social media, our presence equates to our dollars because being able to present ads allows people to sell products to them. And therefore, by voting with their feet, they are essentially voting with their dollars in this example. And so their feelings do matter in this case because whether or not it's factually happening, that's what they feel. And the way I see it is today it is a conservative issue. A lot of conservatives feel that they are you know, censored and they're not living up to their free speech values. Tomorrow, it may be the left. Today, it may be a foreign country, which there has been other foreign countries that have had these issues too. We saw a large uh, influx from Saudi Arabia. We've seen a large influx in Brazil. So there are other countries where people feel that they are being censored online too. Okay. So, so that's what you're appealing to. So who is so your ownership, Rebecca Mercer, who else is ownership? I, uh, is it Dan Bongino? So primarily, it's it's me uh, and our co-founders, which would be Jared and, and Rebecca. And then you have uh, Dan Bongino is also, uh, you know, an, an investor. And you also have uh, a Jeffrey Warnick and his group um, who've publicly come out. And that's basically the extent of everybody uh, involved in the company. Is she the principal uh, funder in this case, a financial funder? At this point, no. We have more people involved in the uh, financing of the company. And now we have actually ad revenue uh, doing a lot of our covering a lot of our monthly overhead. Um, so who are your advertisers right now then? Anybody can create an ad as long as they have a badge on the platform. So uh, the badge system is where they prove their identity to us. Once they do that, they can then advertise. What are the most of the ads? What are they, what do they focus on? Uh, most of it's national brands, so it's anything that can be sold anywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. for the most part. What's so, your biggest advertiser? Um, well, it'd be hard to say. Uh, we've had a lot of political ads. Yeah, that's that. uh, that's been a large, uh, probably the largest sector. More, uh, more right or left or Republican. Republican. How do you then assess President Trump's behavior online on social media, especially Twitter? I, I think that I, I think actually they should not flag his stuff. They shouldn't censor him. They shouldn't let him like force him to hold back. Well, they didn't for a very long time, for most of his. No, they, they didn't for a while, but he's also ramped up more recently too. Uh, but I mean, you know, if you don't get involved, if you don't censor, if you don't, you just let him do what he wants, then the public can judge for themselves. Don't weigh in. Just sit there and say, hey, that's what he said. What do you guys think? What you about know? him saying things right now that are that seem to be inciting violence? Okay, well, let's let's break it down this way. Um, you know, do you feel that Twitter has a responsibility to get involved? Right at this moment where there is violence happening and he seems to be encouraging it, yes, I do think there is some role. But I would say when he lies incessantly, uh, flagging it is not it's not censoring. It's 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 linking to better information. And that's their judgment because it's their company. 
Yeah, but isn't that kind of the role of a journalist and a publication? It's their company. The New York Times doesn't print every crazy email we get, do we? We print the ones we think are are, are valuable. Yeah, even but they, if they're... They, they've, they've billed themselves as a free place for people to contribute their own content. No. They did historically, but historically, maybe not anymore. You're absolutely right. But then don't you view Twitter then in that inst- in that case as a competitor of... Yes, of... I think they're a media company. I've always thought that. I think, I think Facebook is too. I think they like to have it both ways. Um, on Parler right now, which is the one on Twitter that talks about Parler, um, things that are in Parler. A video of Maggers chanting, hang Mike Pence. One using Joel Fisher is saying, uh, looks like Republicans have full control of the House and the Senate now. There's a collection of uh, a fund to bail out a member of the Proud Boys who's been arrested. Is this normal day? No, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. I mean, I think by any metric, that's pretty extreme. Right. Hang Mike Pence should stay there. I don't know. They'd have to report it let mm-hmm. the, uh, and, and see what, do what the jury think? says. If you were the jury. I would take it down if I was a jury member. I'd vote against it. Okay. But that's my opinion. Yeah. So you got to get you got to get four out of five people to to share my view. Uh, and I think they, they probably would. But I, I mean, it's pretty clear there's a clear and imminent threat of danger considering mm-hmm. they're literally raiding buildings and then talking about hanging. spreading a message to hurt somebody. Yeah. Okay. Um, you said you didn't vote in the last election. Will you vote in the next one? Um, probably not. Because? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of a, I, I kind of subscribe to the, to the theory that, you know, uh, I guess, I don't know how to word this. Um, let's see. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I really am interested in participating too much in it. Um, one is I'd like to remain neutral, but also I just, I, I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in the system. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. Because you don't believe in the system. Yeah. So I mean, how how do you feel today about democracy? I'm not well, it's it's not the idea of democracy. It's because the idea of democracy is is, is a great how idea. How do you feel about our democracy I, today? I think that we're destined to go towards more of a socialist progressive state. I think it's just inevitable. And that whether you vote or not, it's it's heading that way. And I don't think there's much anybody can do about it. And not an authoritarian, which is another direction. It could be authoritarian. I'm not sure if it will or will not be. It just depends on who comes into power and how kind of uh, strong-willed they are. All right. Mm. Yes, well, we'll see how that turns out. This great experiment continues in the United States of America. Um, It is sad when you get really um, today, I don't know if you've noticed on Twitter or not, maybe on Parlay, a lot of uh, foreign leaders just say it was it's just go look on twitter oh they're probably laughing yes especially the what i would say they're doing it's well mocking uh, um i think disappointment i think disappointment i would say i think no it's not mocking it's oh my god you were the last hope kind of thing we thought you were better i don't we'll see anyway i think it's quite genuine what they're saying um and uh i don't think they're happy at all i don't think many people are today it's not a good day for america Sway is a production of New York Times Opinion. It's produced by Naima Raza, Hiba El Arbani, Matt Kwong, and Vishaka Darba. Edited by Paula Schumann. With original music by Isaac Jones, mixing by Eric Gomez, and fact-checking by Kate Sinclair and Michelle Harris. Special thanks to Renan Borelli, Liriel Higa, and Kathy Tu. 
If you're on a podcast app already, you know how to subscribe to a podcast. So subscribe to this one. If you're listening on the Times website and want to get each new episode of Sway, download a podcast app like Stitcher or Google Podcasts, then search for Sway and hit subscribe. We release every Monday and Thursday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.